Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're checking in once again with our friends at social media giant Twitter and their adoption of a poison pill plan to stave off the nefarious intentions of one Mr. Elon Musk. Now, if you would like to go over this entire story in more detail, we do have a playlist ready for you. Elon Musk versus Twitter. I strongly expect this video will not be the last you are hearing from us on this topic, but this is a big one because as you can see at the end of this playlist before now was a video entitled Twitter Goes Hostile, Elon Musk and Understanding the Poison Pill, in which I described how a poison pill plan works in generalities because Twitter hadn't actually let us know what that poison pill plan looked like. And in using those generalities, I actually made a couple of assumptions that Twitter turned out making false. Now, Twitter did some interesting things there. I will be interested in see what you judge those things to have been when we talk about the specifics. But before we do, I do want to point out that this channel is supported by viewers and listeners like you through a platform with which you might not be familiar called Utreon, uh, which has a very nice sweetheart deal with us to get the most money from your support, not stopped up in the platform, but actually coming to virtual legality. So please do check that out. But if you aren't familiar with that platform or just don't like it, we do, of course, still have our Patreon. And as one of the tiers in that Patreon, you can sponsor the channel for a whole month along with other like-minded sponsors to which I give thanks. And that I do today. Thank you very much, sponsors. Lethal Five String, Focus Vipus, Nord, Opal Studded Dagger, Brendan Coleman, and Lady Emily. That list is actually getting quite long and I can't thank you enough for helping to support the channel. So if you are interested in being on that list or otherwise helping to support virtual legality and all the great conversations we have here, please do check out Utreon and Patreon for all your support platform needs. Now, when I started discussing the poison pill plan, it was all based around a press release that Twitter put out on April 15th, right after Elon Musk had effectively proposed that he wished to buy the company at a purchase price of $54.20 per share. In particular, I focused on this paragraph at the bottom of the press release that summarized what this poison pill plan was to do. And this is called a rights plan. It's a shareholder rights plan. We call it a poison pill because basically it poisons the company for anybody that wants to ingest it. Now, how did they summarize this rights plan when they first talked about it? They said, well, the rights plan is similar to other plans adopted by publicly held companies in comparable circumstances. They don't want to be seen as too far afield. Then they said, under the rights plan, the rights will become exercisable if an entity, person, or group acquires beneficial ownership of 15% or more of Twitter's outstanding common stock in a transaction not approved by the board. Now, that number jumps out at us as we've looked at the Delaware corporate law on this issue. And after you get past 15%, certain anti-takeover statutes kick in. If you're interested in more discussion on that, please do check out the playlist. But suffice to say, 15% is a big number. And then they devote one sentence to explaining how the rights plan will work. They say, in the event that the rights become exercisable due to the triggering ownership threshold being crossed, if Elon Musk has more than 15% of Twitter, each right will entitle its holder, other than Elon Musk, to purchase at the then current exercise price, which wasn't labeled, so that was a question mark when we looked at it to begin with, additional shares of common stock having a then current market value of twice the exercise price of the right. 
Now, I said when I looked at this that this looks like a two-for-one kind of deal. You set the exercise price. At the share price, you get double the value for what you will pay back to the company. So $45 share gets you $90 worth of shares for that same $45. Makes sense, and you understand how a rights plan like that would work. Everybody gets diluted. Elon Musk the most so because he's not even allowed to buy any shares and as I discussed in that original video, you've got capitalization problems because even though it's a great deal, not everybody can just put together the money to buy the shares even at that great discount price, right? If I said, hey, I've got a $5 million home available to sell you, it's only $2.5 million, it doesn't much matter if it's a good deal if you can't produce that $2.5 million. The other thing I pointed out in that earlier video was that this was a very aggressive move by the board, especially since all we knew at the time was that Elon Musk had put forth a proposal to buy the company and they didn't even seem to entertain it. So I brought up one of the really famous decisions about this that says these stockholder rights plans, these poison pills are generally legal, but that the board of directors has a natural conflict of interest here because an acquirer is almost certainly going to change the board, going to change management. And so the standards that we use to evaluate these things are at least a bit different than the generalized court standard that says, well, we want to stay out of this. If the board had a rational reason to do these various things, we're going to stay out of it. That is not the case in the shadow of a potential takeover. In fact, one of the things that the court said was an aspect of this analysis is balance. If a defensive measure is to come within the ambit of the business judgment rule, if we're going to give it deference as a court, it must be reasonable in relation to the threat posed. This entails an analysis by the directors of the nature of the takeover bid and its effect on the corporate enterprise. Examples of such legitimate concerns can include inadequacy of the price offered. You come in and offer $7 per share at Twitter, we can ignore you. Or we can file a big defensive plan because we're worried you're going to do something weird uh, with that $7 offer. The nature and timing of the offer. Out of the blue, that matters. Questions of illegality doesn't really come up here. The impact on constituencies other than shareholders could come up. The risk of non-consummation, i.e. you can't pay for it. Hey, I offered you that $5 million house for $2.5 million, but hey, you don't have $2.5 million to give. Now here I pointed out, Elon could probably finance this himself. He would have to utterly destroy Tesla to do it because he's got illiquid assets and he probably wouldn't. And we'll see more on that probably in a later video in this series. But if the board said, hey, you're never going to be able to pay for this, they could enact some defensive measures. And the qualities of securities being offered in the exchange, that isn't applicable here because Elon has offered an all cash transaction. So that's an important analysis here. You have to be balanced for what's happening. You can't just come out with huge shield walls as the board of directors because the shareholders didn't approve the rights plan and you are preventing shareholders from getting good deals offered to them and potentially from even agreeing with a deal that they would otherwise accede to. So I said, just based on the press release, even a two for one poison pill might be a problem. But I didn't label this video so much more poison for no particular reason. As it turns out, in the SEC filings that Twitter has filed this week, they actually talk about what is in this poison pill plan at length. And we're going to walk through it, including with one of my favorites, a nice slide with some math on it. I know you guys like that, especially in this playlist. So we will have a math slide here. But it's important to understand what's happening while also trying to skip through a bit of the legal ease. So here's a filing with the SEC. I've highlighted pertinent stuff, and we're going to go through it to understand why it's so much worse than what they originally said 
on the 15th. So they say on April 15th, the board of directors authorized and declared a dividend distribution of one right for each outstanding share of common stock. Each right entitles the registered holder to purchase from the company one one thousandth of a share of Series A participating preferred stock of the company at an exercise price of what? $210. Now that money's basically plucked from thin air, although we will see it multiplies to a number that's near and dear to Elon Musk's heart. But before we get there, I think we have to back up a step, right? You're saying, what in the heck is a Series A participating preferred stock? In short, they use a different type of stock and they use essentially a a trust company to help manage this rights plan so as to not blow up various aspects of their baseline capitalization table before they have to do it. So this is essentially bookkeeping. This is legal control over these things. You don't have to worry about that that much, except to note that for one share in Twitter, you get one participation right that currently yields one one thousandth of a Series A participating preferred stock share at a price of $210. Then we get some defensiveness from the board explaining themselves. The board adopted the rights agreement to protect stockholders from coercive or otherwise unfair takeover tactics, like all cash offers at a premium over the market price. No, it doesn't check out there, but fine. In general terms, it works by imposing a significant penalty upon any person or group that acquires 15% or more of the shares of common stock without the approval of the board. Got to come through the gatekeepers. You want to buy Twitter? And again, this puts the board front and center. It's the kind of thing that gets you sued. As a result, the overall effect of the rights agreement and the issuance of the rights may be to render more difficult or discourage a merger, tender, or exchange offer or other business combination involving the company that is not approved by the board. However, neither the rights agreement nor the rights should interfere with any merger, tender, or exchange offer or other business combination approved by the board. So we're going to stop everything we don't approve of, fine. But if we approve of it, it should be okay. And then the question becomes, are they even evaluating Elon Musk's offer when you adopt a poison pill as an immediate response before seemingly any duty of care has been met? You haven't evaluated it. You haven't done your due diligence. You just threw up the shield wall before you even had a chance to look at it. And we'll see how a former SEC chief looks at this issue towards the end of the video. Now, that's their defensive stance. We know they get one right per one share. We know it costs $210 to exercise, but we don't know when they can exercise it. None of this makes any sense just yet, right? Totally fine. First and foremost, we find out that the rights aren't going to be treated separately. You're not going to get a different piece of paper. You're not going to get a different contract. The rights will be evidenced by and trade with the certificates for the common stock. They just flow along with whatever stock certificate you have for Twitter. So when they adopt this plan, you have 2,000 shares of Twitter stock. Now you have 2,000 rights. They just go along with the certificate. Easy peasy. You don't have to worry about it from a logistical paper management at all. That's how these things usually work. Nothing unusual there. What's the distribution date of these rights? says, well, subject to certain exceptions in the rights agreement, which we aren't reading the primary source material of, just so that you know, because it's more than 50 pages long. It's very technical. This summary is honestly better to go over to understand what's happening. The rights will separate from the common stock. They aren't just common stock anymore and become exercisable following the 10th business day or such later date as may be determined by the board 
after the public announcement that a person or group of affiliated or associated persons has acquired beneficial ownership of 15% or more of the common stock. Now you see the reference to beneficial ownership there. I know a number of you came into my comments in the last video and said, what if he gets six different people to have 5%, etc., etc." For the most part, you look at something like that and these contracts are going to look through that. If Elon Musk has a deal, even a tacit deal with some other group of entities, all that ownership goes into the group. That's what you're counting the 15% off of. So good thought. I like where your head's at, but commenters, you can't usually get around things in an agreement like this with that kind of thinking because frankly, the document already anticipates it. So it's the 10th business day after someone announces they have 15% or the 10th business day after a person or group announces a tender or exchange offer that would result in ownership by a person or group of 15% or more of the common stock. So if Elon Musk goes out there and says, screw the board, we're tender offering this, which means basically we don't have to get anything approved by the board. We're just going to offer the stockholders of the company a $54 price or whatever price might yield what he wants there. And I'm gonna get 85% of the company. So we go around the Delaware anti-takeover statute. As soon as he announces that 10 days later, these rights trigger and all hell breaks loose on the Twitter capitalization table and the Twitter investors regardless. So he doesn't even have to own the 15%. He just basically has to say he's moving towards the company. So that's your first indication that this is a very aggressive poison pill plan. It's designed to stop Elon Musk in his tracks to the benefit of the shareholders. That's up to you, but I certainly have my doubts here with the board entrenching itself uh, with these kinds of terms. Now, after that distribution day, where basically nothing happens, it just separates the rights from the common shares so that you can actually exercise them. Each right will entitle the holder to purchase for the exercise price one one thousandth of a share of preferred stock, having economic and other terms similar to that of one share of common stock. This portion of a share of preferred stock is intended to give the stockholder approximately the same dividend, voting, and liquidation rights as one would share of common stock and should approximate the value of one share of common stock. So after the distribution date, these things separate and then you can purchase preferred stock that is essentially equal to doubling your interest in the company. Of course, it costs $210. The Twitter value isn't anywhere near there. So this is again, bookkeeping and various other reasons to do this, which I'm not going to get into too far because this isn't what we're worried about. This is essentially just the interregnum period after you know something's going to happen, but before you get into the real damaging rights. Those real damaging rights are as follows. So this part we talked about at least a little bit, the flip in trigger, you heard me say flip in in the last video. This means that when this thing gets triggered, when these rights are usable in the way they are designed to prevent Elon Musk from even trying to buy the company, you're going to get a big old chunk of Twitter for your exercise price money. In fact, you're going to get way more than was intimated by the press release on April 15th. If an acquiring person obtains beneficial ownership of 15% or more of the common stock, then each right will entitle the holder thereof to purchase for the exercise price, that's $210 in your notebooks, a number of shares of common stock having a then current market value of twice the exercise price. So I, I wanna say that again. Your $210 is going to get you a number of shares of Twitter Inc having a then current market value of $420. Now you don't need to be a math wizard to know that that is much more than two shares that your $210 just bought. In fact, it bought a lot more than that. Now they do note the rights are not exercisable following the occurrence of the foregoing until such time as the rights are no longer redeemable 
by the company. We'll see that when we get a little bit further below, but suffice it to say, the board can pull all this back. The, this isn't real. We don't actually want the shareholders to get a jillion shares. We want to control our cap table. This is just designed to get Elon Musk to go away. Okay, so as long as we can redeem these things, we can pull them back from you, then you can't actually exercise them. So shareholders don't get any funny business. This is a bored thing right now. Even worse than that, we're going to look at the math there to see just how bad this would get for Elon Musk based on the level of this flip in. They added a flip over. Now, I actually didn't read flip over to you in the prior video because I didn't think that they put both in here because it's not referenced at all in their press release. A flip over in short form is that if you don't buy into Twitter, you could instead buy into Elon Musk's acquiring company. Or in the vague amount of summary legalese here, if after an acquiring person obtains 15% or more of the common stock, the company merges into another entity, an acquiring entity merges into the company, or the company sells or transfers more than 50% of its assets, cash flow, or earning power, which is how this would be done for tax purposes, you'd, you'd move things around, then each right, except for the rights that have previously been voided as set forth above, will entitle the holder thereof to purchase for the exercise price a number of shares of common stock of the person engaging in the transaction, having a then current market value of twice the exercise price. So, okay, you don't get to just buy into Twitter, but you get to buy into whoever bought Twitter after this all goes down. So you get a flip in combined with a flip over, not at two to one, but at much, much worse. And so you have a major, major poison pill. Now I'm going to get back to that math because it's so, so important, but I want to finish off this summary. You do have a redemption of the rights. We talked about that. The rights are redeemable at the company's option for $0.001 per right at any time on or prior to the 10th business day after the public announcement that the acquiring person has acquired beneficial ownership of 15% or more of the common stock. They can short circuit this. They can look at this and they can play chicken with Elon Musk. And on day nine, after he says, ah, I got, I got 15% or I'm going to do a tender offer to get 85%, which is more likely. They say on day nine, all right, we're pulling it all down because we're going to get sued. We're going to have all these potential problems. This is effectively a very, very strong bluff in that circumstance. Now, are they bluffing? I couldn't tell you. I could tell you that they're playing games. This is the maximum level of exposure a board of directors can have is doing this kind of stuff in the shadow of a proposed takeover. But are they bluffing? I can't promise that. Then we have the exchange provision at any time after the date on which an acquiring person beneficially owns 15% or more of the common stock and prior to the acquisition by the acquiring person of 50%. So after 15, but before they have majority control, the board may exchange the rights in whole or in part for common stock and an exchange ratio of one share of common stock per right. So, hey, you don't have $210. Our capitalization table is screwed. Everything's happening. Investors are switching places. Big time investors are doing better than little investors, et cetera, et cetera. But if we didn't finish off everything and we really want to make it difficult for him before he gets to majority control, we can just swap out the rights for shares. Hey, you got a right? You don't have to pay anything. Here's a share. Here's a share. Here's a share. That would just double the number of shares available for no capitalization of the company. No extra money coming into Twitter. And these expire, as we saw before, on the earliest of April 14th, 2023, or the redemption slash exchange of the rights by the company. And the rights don't otherwise have voting. Nothing happens until they're actually exercised, distributed, or otherwise used. And that's the plan. Now, why did I make this video? It's because it's so, so much worse 
than I anticipated or described to you in the prior video of this series. Remembering, of course, that the board has a duty to remain in balance and an all cash proposed transaction above market price, not two tiers, no junk bonds at issue by an individual clearly capable of funding this thing is not the best type of offer for a board to act to prevent quote unquote coercive means by a prospective acquirer. Remember, the board is not the owners of the company. In fact, there's done some research here about how little the board actually owns of Twitter. The shareholders are the owners of the company and the board in general should not be blocking deals solely for their own interest. They have to make a case that there's something coercive, evil, or otherwise untoward by Elon Musk proposing to buy the shares of the company at a much higher price than market. Now, let's get to a little bit of math. So I promised you that we can see right now that the market value of a Twitter share is about $47. Now the actual math being used in the poison pill plan is actually an average over the prior 30 days, but for purposes of this discussion, just to make it easier, and we don't know what the price would be whenever this exercise were trip, we're gonna use $47. And here you can see just how bad it is for a prospective acquirer. So of course I title it in my punny fashion, that pill is poison, sing along if you know the song. And here we say $240 gets you $420 in stock. That's the easy part. $420 of Twitter stock at $47 per share means you get almost nine shares for that $240, $210 actually. So I already have something wrong in the math. Like I said, don't trust lawyers with your math needs. Suffice to say that 8.93 shares becomes 6.5 billion Twitter shares out of the 727 million that are outstanding right now. And Musk's 9.2%, which actually has to be 15% when this goes down, but because we know he has 9.2% right now, that goes down to 1.1%. He's not getting his interest halved. He's getting his interest obliterated by those investors that can actually pay for this deal, which starts out with bad math right at the top. Suffice it to say, when you look at a poison pill program like this, it is designed to be a full stop juggernaut shield wall against anyone that wants to buy the company without the board's permission. Now the board could go around and look for a white knight. The board can go and say, hey, we need somebody to fight off Elon Musk. Certainly there are a lot of figures and companies and institutions that can get together the billions of dollars necessary. And so the board might be looking for something like that right now. But before they get to that point, they have made it virtually impossible for anyone but a crazy person to actually ingest this poison. Is Elon Musk that crazy person? He might be, but this would be absolutely crazy. So what you're likely to see from this, if Elon Musk is serious, is a lawsuit that as a shareholder of the company that's interested in purchasing the company that made a legitimate bid for the company, the board is breaching its fiduciary duties to the other shareholders, including Elon Musk, to actually evaluate what's in the best interest of the company and its shareholders, which predominantly is return on investment for those shareholders. They didn't give money to Twitter to be some kind of philanthropic organization. They gave money to Twitter and they charged the board with protecting that money so that they could make more money. And you can hate that, you can love that, don't care which direction you go, that's the law's requirements of the board of directors, which leaves this in a very tenuous position. This is a very, very strong poison pill plan. And 
it kills any push by the Elon Musks of the world to try to go over the top in most scenarios. So expect litigation right now on this if Elon Musk is serious. It also suggests that the board is completely scared, that the board doesn't want to even have this conversation. So they went with the harshest plan that they thought they could justify in any respect from their legal teams, their financial teams, their accountants, and more. So it's so much more poison. You don't have to take my word for it. I promised you we would get a quote here. Yahoo Finance published an article entitled, Twitter board gets an F for dealing with Elon Musk, says the former SEC chairman. Twitter's board is doing a terrible job handling the Elon Musk situation, said former SEC chairman Harvey Pitt. I would give Twitter's board an F, Pitt said on Yahoo Finance Live. I believe under the circumstances, they needed to check out whether this was a real bid. If it were a real bid, then they needed to do what was in the best interest of their shareholders. This is a price that hadn't been seen in quite some time. The number is at least a legitimate frame of reference, and the board's unwillingness to treat it seriously strikes me as worthy of a poor grade. And getting an F doesn't just mean, darn it, board, try to do better next time. It means that shareholders that are upset, that Elon Musk, if he so chooses, can sue the board derivatively as Twitter for breaching its fiduciary duties to the company itself. So stay tuned to this space for potential movement on that. Worse for the board in terms of the last couple of days, Elon Musk, who they would have to defend is saying, well, maybe he can't consummate the deal. Maybe he's not serious about any of this. Lays out in an SEC filing exactly how he would fund this particular takeover at length in an SEC filing that I intend to cover in this space, but we'll have to save that for next time. This has been Virtual Legality Today. As I said at the top, if you do like this content, the discussion of business and law, of video games, technology, software, and more, please consider supporting the channel at Utreon or Patreon. We cannot do it without viewers and listeners like you. Special thanks again to Lethal Five String, Falcus Vipus Nord, Opal Studded Dagger, Brendan Coleman, and Lady Emily. Thank you so much for sponsoring the channel. And if you don't like any of those options, please just subscribe, tell your friends, upvotes, downvotes, engagement, comments, everything that YouTube loves, share it around on the internet, forums, tweets, everything else. Twitter would particularly like this story. I think every little bit helps to grow that number. And I also want to thank people. We're above 60,000 subscribers for the first time. Very appreciative of everybody that has subscribed to the channel and checked out this content. Can't do it without you. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.